June 26, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, Andaf Mem Aleph Amud Beit, and we're five lines from the bottom, four words onto the line. Uh, the Gemara over here, and uh, for the ensuing many lines, we'll talk about Birkata Levana. This is the Gemara with regards to that mitzvah, which is performed once a month, Birkata Levana. Says the Gemara, Ve'amar Rav Bar Hanina, Amar Rav Amar Biohanan. These were the opinions that were cited earlier with regards to their opinion. As a result, the Gemara from time to time will mention opinions. In other words, these rabbis talked about this, and they talked about that as well, and about that as well, and that as well. There's a close association to what we were referring to earlier with regards to mistaken dates, because there may have been Ibur HaChodesh or not Ibur HaChodesh. But for all intents and purposes, this is a standalone statement in the Gemara. Ad kama mevarechin ala HaChodesh. Until when do you have to say Birkata Chodesh to say that Biracha on the new month? Of course, there's an assumption that we make a Biracha on the new month. The Gemara will fill that in on Daf Nimbet, what it is. And there's no question, not here nor in the later lines, as to when you begin saying the Biracha Melevana. The question is, until when? which is important. Says the Gemara again, Ad kama mevarechina la chodesh, until when do you have to say berkata levana? Answers the Gemara, Ad she pegimata, until the pegam, pegam literally means the blemish. Of course it means that the moon, when you look at it in the sky, will look at times as if it's blemished, it's not whole. The answer of the Gemara is until it's whole. Of course that's going to be midway through the month, it would seem at first glance. Vekama, what? date on the month calendar is that? Again, we're assuming, we're expecting the answer to be the 15th, the 16th. Amar Yaakov bar Idi, Amar the first opinion is Ad Shiva'a, until seven days into the month. Of course, we'll have to provide an explanation. Why is that when the Pegam, that blemish of the moon, is filled in? Nehar the rabbis from Nehar one of the academies in Bavel of Torah, Amre, they said Ad Shisha Asar until the 16th. Makes a lot of sense. If you look at the moon, um, the 15th of the month, remember just this uh, year, it was Pesach, and we were uh, in, in Mexico eating the seder and celebrating outside. And a few people said to me, you know, there's some people who are exclaiming, how is it possible that every year Pesach is just so beautiful, it's a full moon, it's beautiful, it's so <laughs> auspicious, so fantastic. Of course, that's just the way it works. It's not luck, it's the way the months work. Anyway, so these are two opinions here in the Gemara, the 7th or the 15th. So it's the Gemara, V'tarvayu Hanan Sevira Lehu. Both Rav Yehuda as well as Nehardae were defining, qualifying that opinion of Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan was that uh, somewhat cryptic opinion, and he said, you have until Milui HaPegam, until the blemish is filled in. These two uh, subsequent opinions are defining what is filled in, either the 7th or the 16th. How so? Says the Gemara, Hal mehave ki yitra, hal mehave ki nafya. The difference is with regards to what you assume is the filled in or finished blemish. The first opinion, which says the seventh day is our cutoff, is when the moon appears to be a yater. A yater is like a strand. It's when you have a crescent. The crescent of the moon is when it's already the pegam is lost. It's no longer deficient. You already have something that you're able to make out with regards to that moon. Alternatively, it's kinafya. It needs to look like a sieve. It needs to be complete. You look up at the moon in the heaven, it looks like a sieve. It even has some of those brown spots, excuse me, gray spots on it. Those are the two opinions here in the Gemara. 
And those are the two opinions. Of course, you can see already at the bottom of the page in Dafmei Malaf Amudbet, the little Dalit next to Achi Shazar. That's how we're posek halacha that you have until mid-month to say Berkata Levana. How do you explain the two opinions? Why would it be seven versus 16? There's a suggested opinion that goes like this. It says that where the seventh is suggesting that this is the time period during which you're being mishabeh, you're finding the praise to God most. It's as the moon is developing. Until you see that crescent, that's when the wondrous appearance in the skies is there, present and beholden by all. That's the first opinion. The other opinion says, no, you have until the 15th. It's true, the shevach, the praise, might be a little diminished after the seventh day, but you're still benefiting. Put yourself in the shoes of someone just 100 years ago when there was no electricity. The light of the moon was very significant to the extent that the 15th or the 16th after the 15th is the cutoff date with regards to benefiting. You're still benefiting. Then your benefit is waning as it gets smaller and smaller. In other words, the question really is primarily, is Birkata Levana what we'd call a Birkata Shevach? That would be day seven. Alternatively, is it a Birkata Nehenin? Is it uh, over the benefit? There are halachic ramifications to this conversation, aside from 7 and 15, potentially. Mishnah Beruran, Siman Taf Kafvav, in Sa'if Katan Aleph, cites the opinion of Maharshal. There's a mahloka between Maharshal and Rabbi Akiva Eger. Should a blind person recite Berkata Levana? On the one hand, they don't have any benefit. On the other hand, they can appreciate and praise God for this natural phenomenon which he put into place and in existence in our world. That would be the question. If it's a Berkata Sheva, then it's appropriate for a blind person to say that, just like a blind person would say, Yoser Orovore Hoshech in the Tefillah. Alternatively, if it's a Berkata Nehenin, it's inappropriate. Again, but the Gemara is only talking about the end date. The Gemara never mentions the starting date for Berkata Levana. In truth, if you look at the words of Halambam in Perik Yod of Hilchot Berachot Yod Zayin, Halambam is explicit. From the Rishonah, from the first of the month, maybe after the Molad, but Harambam's words are, you start counting, you start, uh, you start uh, blessing the moon, or blessing over the moon, more specifically, from the first of the month. Where did we come up with anything other than that? Well, maybe we didn't. If you open to Shohan Aruch, however, in Siman Tav Kavav, you'll see that Shohan Aruch very clearly states we don't start on the first of the month. Here in Siman Tav Kavav, Shohan Aruch's words are as follows. It says Shohan Aruch in Sa'if Dalit. El mevarchim alea ad sheya'avru shiv'a yamim alea. You start, not end, as Rabbi Yehuda and the Gemara said, at seven days. You start from the seventh day. Fascinating thing. Mishnah Berurah cites from the Ashkenazic custom that you start from three days. It's not in Ramah, but it's in Mishnah Berurah. Where did we come up with three or seven days? The Gemara gave us no time limit or specifics with regards to when you begin. Harambam in Perek Yod of Hilchot Berachot, as I mentioned a moment ago, says explicitly from the Rishonah of the month. Where did Shohan Aruch come up with such an opinion? Well, if you look even in a standard Shohan Aruch, there's a little he next to the word en mevarchim, it leads you to the side. The side says, Hari jikatilia, va'al sha'are ora b'teshubah. Rabbi Yosef Chikatila was a very important mystical uh, thinker, very important Nikuba. He wrote a book called Sha'are Ora, which is, which is his Kabbalistic work. Um, but he has many opinions from the world of Kabbalah with regards to Halakha. 
On this matter, Beit Yosef Rabbi Yosef Karo cites that the Mekubalim, according to Rabbi Yosef Chikatila, are supposed to claim that you start from the seventh. Shohan Aruch, fascinatingly, is siding with the Kabbalistic approach over Harambam and many others who quite clearly state that you could start even from the first, or at the very least, we'll talk about the third in a moment. That's a fascinating thing. Interestingly, in the book Tuba Ayin, if I'm not mistaken, of Marana Haidara Bihaim Yosef David Azulai, he questions this. It's not the way it generally works. If we don't have a reason to negate the Peshat, a simple interpretation, the Gemara never says a date, with the Kabbalah, what's more, Harambam, and many, if not all, of the Pashtanim are clear that it's not to start on the 7th. Even in the world of Mekubalim, of Arizal, there's a mahluk about whether his opinion was from the 7th or not. So then all of a sudden, Rabbi Yosef Karo, in constructing and writing Shulchan Aruch, determined we're going to follow that mystical opinion? Maran HaChidah has a fascinating explanation. He says, perhaps what Shulchan Aruch theorized was, had Harambam known the words of the Mekubalim, he would have had a different opinion. Of course, it raises eyebrows and makes you smile. He was so steadfast in such an approach, he's consistent with this. When it comes to, for example, the Berachav Hanotin La Ya'ef Koach, that we say in Bekot HaShachar every day. It's not mentioned in the Gemara. If you open up to Shohan Aruch, he says, Don't say that, Beracha. It's from some Ashkenazi Sidur. It's not part of our tradition. It's not in the Talmud. There are many extra Berachot. We don't say them. We all say it today. Marana Hida says, because had the Bios, if Karo knew, known that the Mekubalim were intent on saying this, even he would have changed his mind. It's a dangerous and slippery slide. That brings to the whole system. If indeed he knew, it, maybe we would have done this. Indeed it does. Now, if the approach is so clear, if he had known and so forth, uh, in such a direct, forward-thinking fashion, so then you've broken down the system. Alternatively, if, not always, if, Sometimes the approach is really governed by less forward thinking, more backward thinking. What I mean by that is this was already the practiced approach. In other words, people were already doing the seventh. And as a result, Marana Hida, reflecting on what's taking place, said, okay, I'm going to suggest an explanation for how it fits into our system because this is what we're already doing. Maybe that's the vantage point for understanding such claims, whether Marana Hida himself, quote-unquote, meant it like that or not. All right, that's with regards to the beginning date. And again, we said the ending date is quite clear from the Gemara. There is a debate amongst the post-game for the last long period of time as to whether you could do Bekata Levan on a Friday night or not. I see. Seventh day, from day seven. There's still, even on that, Rabbi Mazuz argues maybe Sfaradim could do differently, but that's Halakha Lema'asei Ashkenazim. Have from the third. Why the third? What seems to emerge is the following. First and foremost, it's the first day on which you know, the moon is kind of visible which means to say, uh, how could you be saying it beforehand? Maybe you're saying it beforehand on the Shevach, even if you don't actually benefit from it. Maybe from the third day you're already benefiting. They're really deriving that from the words of Tamud Yerushalmi, which Shohan Aruch himself quotes in Sa'if Bet, and that is you're supposed to do Bekata Levana when, you're, when it's Tit Basim, when there's already some sort of Bosim. What is Bosim? There are several interpretations to this. One of the interpretations, Rabbeinu Yonah, in his commentary to Berachot of Lamed, suggests that it's when you're already benefiting from it. Hayav Yinish brings to mind, I don't know if we should be, Lebasume. Lebasume means to be joyous, we say, to drink 
think on Purim, but it means to be joyous, maybe with the alcohol. Bisamim uh, might be along the same lines. It's a general joyfulness, and as a result, the suggestion of Rabbeinu Yonai is you only start it from when you're rejoicing with it. Kolbo, which was an important German early authority, a student from Namsteken, Maharami Rotenberg, records as well from the third, but for Svaradim, it's going to be after the seventh, uh, as Shohan Aruch states. What about Friday nights? Friday nights, just Halachal Maase, without getting into the full detail, Halachal Maase is, Hacham Vadya Yosef writes this in his Hazon of Vadya, Hilchot Hanukkah, and uh, several others make this point very clearly, whereas Benish Hai, then long before him, all the way back to Rashba's time, that's a good 800 years ago, wondered why don't we do it on Friday nights, and they all have different interpretations and explanations, one of which we'll address in the Gemara, uh, what the Hacham Vadya Yosef and many of the later poskim, Aruch HaShulchan and many others, already back to Bach, and so forth, they suggest that if you weren't able to do Birkata Levana until an end of the 15th or 14th or 13th, it was cloudy, it's going to be cloudy, and you haven't done it, you can do it on a Friday night. There's no Isur per se. There's a tradition that we didn't do it on Friday night for one reason or another. We'll mention one of those reasons in the Gemara, but that's with regards to doing it on a Friday night. Bashar Hasiyun and Aderet suggest that it's a Gezera, maybe you'll be carrying, maybe you'll be dancing. There's no clear and explicit form for why we don't, but we generally speaking don't. Shohan Aruch, in fact, in Saif Bet, from those same words of Talmud Yerushami, interprets Ad Shetit Basim as Bissamim. You're supposed to ideally do Berkata Levanan and Mosai Shabbat when you had Bissamim, when you're wearing nice clothing, putting everything together, just very briefly. The Gemara, all we read thus far, told us at the ending time for Berkata Levana. We are accepting there is something called Berkata Levana. We'll have to understand what that is from the ensuing lines of the Gemara. That's number one. Number two, the Gemara never says the starting time. We discussed that and we discussed Halakha Lamaseh. We discussed why not on a Friday night, which by extension is not on Yom Tov. We don't have a great answer for it, but we know that's the tradition with regards to this. We'll suggest something further in the Gemara to come. If you had to, as Hacham Vadya Yosef, if I remember correctly, his words are, we have a class on this, on the, if you look up a class of saying Berkata Levana on a Friday night. He says, V'chen asinu ma'aseh. He himself, if he needed to, he says he did so. That's a well-documented. People have done it and can and should do it. All right, that being the case, the Gemara continues. says the Gemara, Amar le'rav acha midifti le'ravina v'livri chatov v'hametiv. The question, and it's not fully clear as to who and why this is being questioned, says, why don't you still make the Berachah Tova HaMetiv? Tova HaMetiv, we today are generally associated, we associate it with, you're enjoying time with friends, it's a second wine at the meal, you say Berachah Tova HaMetiv. The words are, you did good and you're doing good for me, God. It's a graciousness to God, thankfulness and praise. What does it have to do with our Gemara? Rashi suggests this is a question on Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda, the first opinion whom we don't follow, who says you have until the seventh to do Berkata Levana, says the Gemara, even though you only have until the seventh, now we're going to do it in our words. Rashi doesn't write this. Well, the seventh might be the time for Berkata Sheva, might be the praise. Ah, oh, it's really coming to life in the first seven days. But after day seven, you're still benefiting. Thank God, Hatova Hametiv. You should still at least say something. That's how Rashi interprets this Gemara. And that this is a question on Rav Yehuda Maharshal in the back of the Gemara, Chochmat Shalomor Bishalomor Luria. He suggests this is a question both on 
uh, Rav Yehuda, as well as on Nehar Dai, even after day 15. All right, day 15's over. You're not still benefiting from the moon? So say, No, excuse me. Maharshal suggests, even according to Nehar Dai, from day 7 or from day 1, whenever you're starting until day 15, do two berachot, berkata levana and hatova hamitiv. That's how Maharshal interprets this question in the Gemara. Of course, Maharsha asks on this approach, he says, but the Gemara doesn't say, say also, the word name, it says, say hatova metim. So we'll work with the interpretation of Rashi that the question is, why don't you, even after your deadline of seven, say hatova hamitiv? Says the Gemara, wait a second, responds Ravina to Ravahamidifti, atu ki hasen mi mevarchinan dayana emet, delivery hatova hamitiv. Wait a second, you tell me hatova hamitiv, what's the Opposite of Atova Hametiv? Well, of course, that's Dayan Haimet. Atova Hametiv is when things are good. Dayan Haimet is when things are not good. So you tell me until day 15, Hatova Hametiv. Beautiful. I like the approach. And thereafter, 15, Dayan Haimet every month. In other words, it's an incredulous response. We're not going to say Hatova Hametiv because that's not what we're doing in this circumstance. We're going to have to figure out why in a moment. But the proof that that's not what we do is you don't want me to say Dayan Haimet. You want me to say Hatova Hametiv? So as the camera for the Varchinu, the Tarvayu. That's right. Ravina, says Ravaha to him. Yeah, say both of them. Until day 15 uh, for Rav Yudan, let's say, say Hatova Metiv. Yeah, and afterwards? Yeah, afterwards, every month. You add it to your Berachot. You're supposed to say 100 Berachot every day. You added two Berachot a month with each one of your days. With Shem Machut. Why would you question that? Says the Gemara, oh, come on. Ravina now needs to respond. Says Ravina, Kevan dahainu Orheh. Says Ravina, no, 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 that's not the way it works. Hatova is when it's something out of the ordinary. Dayana is when it's something unexpected or could not and would not be predicted. You know, when someone passes away, say, no, but we knew he was sick. We knew he was sick. We didn't know he was dying in this moment. It's not a natural occurrence. He's going to die at this moment in this day, at this period in his life. The fact that the moon will wax and wane, get greater and smaller and so forth, is a natural phenomenon, of course, placed by God, of course, governed by God. But ultimately speaking, we don't make such berachot. We make berachot of sheva, even of hana'ah when it's out of the norm. That's the answer to the question of Hatova Metiv. Okay, so that was the second issue here in the Gemara. First was end time for Bekat Levana. Second was why not Hatova Metiv? We answered. Says the Gemara onward. More about Bekat Levana. Same rabbis. Ve'amar Rabbi Aha Bar Hanina, Amar Biaseh, Amar Biohanan, Kola Mevarech Ala Chodesh Bizmano Kiil Mekabel Penea Shechina. Statement is, if you do Bekat Levana Bizmano in its appropriate time, Harambam interprets that as on day one. Alternatively, we interpret that as during the time that you're allowed to do Bekat HaLevana until the 15th. Harambam says it's better to do day one? Harambam is quite clear that it's day one is the primary day. And what would they say is the best day? Any day from... The, the alternative approach on, is from 3 and on or 7 and on until 15. That's Bismarck. They're all the same. It's not the best is 3 or the best is 7. The only best you can come up with is Mosei Shabbat, as Shohan says. The first Mosei Shabbat. The first Mosei Shabbat. But as the Mefarshim point out, Mishnah Barat deals with this, is it's dangerous. If you're waiting for Mosei Shabbat and you're going to miss it and it gets cloudy and so on and so forth. Okay, but what's with Kabbalat Penei HaShechina? First and foremost, you're greeting and accepting the face of heaven. It's a dirasha. Ketivacha, on the one hand, the Pasuk says to Moshe, to Am Yisrael, before leaving Egypt, Ahodesh Azelachem, Ahodesh Hazeh. Hazeh is the primary word. Of course, the Midrash says, Kivyachol, Akadosh Baruch Hu points to the moon and says to Moshe, Kazere Kadesh. 
like this, because the word ze in the Torah, very often in the eyes of the rabbis, is demonstrating, appointing, this. Uchtiv, and the Pasuk says, shortly thereafter, Chiratayam, Uchtiv Hatam, Ze So the Pasuk then says, Ze, this is my God. So to speak, you're pointing at, and indeed the Chachamim say, Ratashiv Halayam, Mashelora Yahaskel bin Buzi, even the maidservant who was crossing Yamsuf was able to perceive, to prophetically experience God's presence more than the greatest prophets in the future. Yechezkel even was able to. So as a result, that Zezer, as she even calls it a Gezer shava, is demonstrating to us the same way at Kiryat Yamsuf, they were pointing to God, they were hanging out with him, they were looking at him, quote-unquote, so to Kazere Vekadesh, HaChodesh Hazer Lachem, Berkat <coughs> is that experience of Kabbalat Penea Shekhinah. How do we understand Kabbalat Penea Shekhinah? So we understand the mechanics, the Gezer HaShavah of sorts. What do you mean? What about uh, philosophically? What Fundamentally, what does that tell us? So there are certain, several approaches to this matter. The most basic approach to this matter goes as follows. We, in this world, without being able to see God, are able to best experience Him through His creations. When we look at a natural, beautiful phenomenon, such as the moon, we are in turn able to appreciate him and, so to speak, greet his face. The truth is, Berkat Levana is foundational and important for that reason, because whereas other nations may have been worshipping the sun or the moon, or specifically the sun, we were able to see God, and we'll see that in the words of Berkat Levana in a moment, in the dominion of the moon. Instead of saying the moon has its own powers, we're accepting the face of God through the moon. You know, it always brings to mind that line in the Gemara, you know, those fairy tale pictures where the moon has the smiling face on it, right? That's Kabbalah because you're not seeing the moon, you're accepting God through doing so. Alternatively, very briefly, we've on more than one occasion talked about how Am Yisrael are beckoned by Borei Olam to envision ourselves as the Levana, as the moon. And the same way the moon diminishes and gets greater, so to our relationship with him, even when we're in Galut and distant from him, we can still envision it as something that will then gain strength. We are hoping to fulfill our, our mandate, our responsibility of projecting his light, much as the moon projects the light of the sun. Fundamentally, however, the Gemara's words are, Berkata Levana is like greeting Peneha Shechina. It's an amazing thought, at least in my mind, because we generally associate Kabbalat Al-Machut Shamaim to Kiryat Shema, something very solemn and sober, sitting down, Talet, Tefillinon. Berkata Levana, Heke, we're walking outside, we're talking to someone, no, to the extent that the Gemara therefore continues and learns the law from this. Dayan means uh, will suffice with that. If only we're able to accept the face of heaven once a month with Bekata Levana, ah, we can suffice with that. That's an amazing thought. It means Bekata Levana, if seen properly, is the opportunity for us to quote unquote look at God's face. And again, it's setting straight that we're not praying to the moon. We're finding him, but it's an opportunity. And it's a moment for contemplation, for realizing, well, just like the moon waxes and gets greater and smaller, so to our relationship with him, we're never too distant. Just like the moon fulfills its responsibility of projecting, so too do we. Amar hilkach nimrinu me'omet. Says Abaye, therefore the halacha is, you should be standing as you say, berkata levana. Therefore, what? Says Rashi, because of the severity of the circumstance. Because Berkata Levana is accepting the face of heaven, you should be standing up. Of course, the question would be how come in Kriyat Shema you sit down, specifically according to Betty Lev. 
important question, like Beit Hillel, Beit Shammai, and so forth. But the statement over here is, I'm not just, you see, the difference is as follows, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an important one. Kabbalat Machut Shammai means, I'm accepting the yoke of heaven. This statement, alternatively, is, I'm accepting the face of heaven. He's right there. He, I'm right next to him. Kabbalat Machut Shammai, he might be distant. As the, the words of the Midrash are, we're reading the declaration of God, which was sent out to the different villages. That's Kiryat Shema. That's very severe. That's very somber and sober and, and serious. This, you're looking at him. You're standing up in such a circumstance. This Gemara is invoked in the context of uh, not having Berkat HaLivan on Friday nights. Friday nights, early, early sources, 800 years ago, suggest, well, if you're accepting the face of heaven, it means you're close to heaven. If you're close to heaven and it's Shabbat, it's Yom Tob, it means you propelled yourself up to the heavens. No, but I'm right down here. No, 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 but you will theoretically put yourself up there. You're out of Tehom, that's the claim. Rashpa, of course, knocks it down. The Mekubalim Radvaz try to find different interpretations, but they point to this Gemara. Again, Berkat HaLivanah, this often overlooked mitzvah, the Gemara is maybe purposefully building up because it's easily neglected, but giving a certain foundational significance to it. Meremar umarzutra mechatve, maybe to read the word ahadade or not, umevarche, which means to say mechatve milashon katef, shoulder. These were older rabbis, and they would either lean on ahadade one another in order to stand up. They had difficulty standing up. They would support one another, or others would allow for them to lean on them if it's not ahadade. Why would you take out the word ahadade in the Gemara? Well, it might be a different nosach. Also realize when you're looking at two old people who can't support one another, can't support themselves, they can't really support the other. So to describe it as... Well, they're 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 frail and they're and then they're very delicate, but they're leaning on one another in order to stand. Up. No, 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 they can't lean on one another. Okay, but the Gemara's statement, nonetheless, in telling this short uh, anecdote, is to tell us that you're supposed to stand for bekata levana. Curiously, Shohan Aruch leaves out this halacha. Okay, but Rama nonetheless mentions it. Says the Gemara, Amade Ravaha Ravashe b'Ma'arava. Says Ravaha to Ravashe, you should know in the in the West, meaning in Eretz Yisrael, Mevarche. This is Berkata Levana. Baruch Mehadesh Hodashim. That's it. Ostensibly, Baruch Hatashim Lokin Melchaumam. Mehadesh Hodashim. You bring forth new months, of course, through the moon. That's it. Says the Gemara Amar Lech. The incredulous response of Ravashi is, Hi, that? Even our women could say that. That's a little bit of a sexist line in today's day and age. Once upon a time, this, this needs to be taken with a certain understanding of the contextual sensitivity. The time period was one in which women were illiterate. Women were uneducated. As a result, he says, if that's the beracha, even women who don't speak Hebrew, don't read Hebrew, they can say, mehadesh chodashim. They wouldn't have any problem doing that. In other words, this is not a respectful enough beracha. It should be longer. Otherwise, well, it's nothing significant to this. There's an interesting point here, however. The reference to even our women could say it seems to suggest even our women are allowed to say it. It's for that reason in Siman Tavkafav, the Poskim debate, could, should women be saying Bekatalifana? I know it's an incredulous response over here. It's just knocking them out. Oh, it can't be so short. Even women could do that. There's something to be said for the fact that when even women could be said, is there a problem with women saying it? It's just, what if women are literate, as in today's day and age? Magen Avraham raises this opportunity. Magen Avraham suggests it's either a mitzvah ta'aseh she'azman grama, which is debated and contested. Alternatively, he quotes from Shalah HaKadosh. Shalah HaKadosh, Rabbi Yeshayah HaLevi Horowitz, his suggestion, Kabbalistically speaking, very briefly, is that women were mechaser 
from the Levana, which means to say they caused that pigam to the Levana. Therefore, it's inappropriate for them to be blessing as it's filled in. What do you mean women? I'm just very brief, a Kabbalistic lesson on the most, touching on the very contours of it, not, not really getting into it. What do you mean women took away from the moon? Women touched the moon? The understanding goes as follows. Um, when we look at Ma'aseh Bereshit, and you understand the Midrash that says that the moon was once greater than the sun. However, the moon protests. It's The moon says, It's impossible for two kings to be wearing the same crown, both me and the, and the sun, and God therefore diminishes the side of size of the moon. What the rabbis with the Mekubalim are paralleling is that statement, quote unquote, which didn't happen. Moons don't have lips or tongues or vocal cords, but it's understanding that by means of what humanity did, by Hava eating from Etz Hadat, effectively what she was saying is, God, there's no room for me and you in this place. I can't just follow your laws. I need my own place. That was the act of diminishing from the moon. In turn, again, Kabbalistically speaking, a bit deeper than what I just said, since they were it's inappropriate for them to say so. There's a larger and important debate about this. Generally speaking, the custom amongst women, both in our community and outside, is that they don't say says the Gemara onward, rather, since Rav Asher will not accept that the Baruch Mehadesh Chodashim is the whole Bekat it must be longer. It must be more elaborate, more articulate, and beautiful. Here's what it is. It says Rav Yehuda used to say, meaning who God with his speech, with his mouth. Bara shehakim. Shehakim refers to the heavens. Of course, we have in the Torah God's words in Maaseh Bereshit affecting creation. He says Yehi or Vahi or, and so forth. Uberuah piv kol and so to speak, with the with the ruach, the the wind of his mouth, kol sevaam. Sevaam refers to the legions, the legions of the heavens, of course. The, the troops of the heavens are the stars. There's a reference to so ruach piv kol What's with ruach piv? It's a pasuk in Tehillim uh, um, that the, we talk about ruach piv. But ruach piv always conjures up for me imagery of, of Bereshit Perek Aleph, of Ruach Elohim Merachefet Al Penehamayim. Rashbam over there points out that that Ruach Elohim Merachefet Al Penehamayim came into effect when, listen to it for a moment, on the day on which God separates between upper and lower waters, effectively creating the heavens. The Torah says there's a Ruach which separates them, or at the very least in the eyes of Rashbam, that's what's taking place. He notices that Ruach again at Kiryat Yamsuf in the creation of dry land, or excuse me, of, of dry land and, and, and water and the separation, not per se the heavens. But that in turn is a description of the Ruach Piv, quote unquote, that just the breath of his, of, of, of his mouth. But again, for our purposes, what it is, is it's a poetic way of talking about God creating heavens and earth. That's what we're doing. We're mekabil his face and we're talking about who he was and what he is. Hok uzman natan lahim. Shelo yeshanu et tafkidam. He hok means there's a statute, a law in place. Uzman and time period. Natan lahim. He gave to the stars, to the moon, to the sun. Shelo yeshanu et tafkidam. They're not going to change their roles. There's a very important philosophical notion over here. The old ancient philosophers believed 
that there's a certain deity or power to the sun and moon and, and any of the celestial beings because they are constant. They'll never be changed. Of course, you now appreciate Yahushua's, the miracle in Yahushua, where he has Shemesh Begivon Dom where he stops that. That's antithetical to science, to nature, and so forth. As a result, the statement over here is, yeah, they are somewhat constant, but you know who made them constant? You know who's in charge of them? That's Borei Olam. This is an anti-idolatry, an anti-negative philosophy and saying, yes, there is a constancy and maybe a consistency to sun and moon, but that's set in place by Borei Olam. Otherwise, you read this Berachai, you don't really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, okay, it does all that. It makes the water run, and it makes all that stuff. No, there's a specific over here. Harambam grapples with this issue, the philosopher's vision. Sasim usmechim la'asot reson konam. Rashi says this is a reference to the pasuk of Yasis kibibor larus orachantinim mizmor yotev. But it's a description, so to speak, of the sun and the moon and the stars happy and elated to, again, listen and follow, to heed the words of Konam, of their master of God. It's the same point. You know who's in charge of this? God's in charge of this. Po'ale emet. The sun, the moon, all right, a little different than we have. Po'ale emet. They are po'el. They affect truth. Shepe'ulatan emet. Their actions are truth as well. How do we have it exactly? We have Whereas the reference in the Gemara is to all the celestial, to the sun and moon and stars, in ours, we're talking, in our Nosach of the Bekata Levana, we're talking specifically about the moon. It is um, unless, unless our Nosach is, I have to look into that, I'm not certain, unless our, our, we have it as referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whereas Po'alemet, Po'alatam Emet is to the sun, the moon, and so forth. When we say Po'alemet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Po'alemet, Shepo'ulato Emet. Interesting, interesting uh, discrepancy over there. V'lalivana Amar, which would make a lot of sense according to our Nosach, that it's Po'alemet is a reference to God. Because now it continues and said, you should know. And God said to the Livana, Shetit Hadesh, Ateret Tif'eret. It should renew its glorified crown, La'amuse Batin. Amuse Batin is a reference to Am Yisrael. Of course, in Parashat Ha'alot Echa, Moshe turns to HaKadosh Baruch and he says to him, I didn't give birth to these people. He's referring to, you did. So we're seen as the babies of the womb of HaKadosh Baruch And so to speak, the moon is for us. The moon is for us? What are you talking about? Yes, we've talked about this. The sun was envisioned by other countries as their god, the Egyptians. The sun, the source of exile, that's our god. Am Yisrael says, no, we're not focusing on the sun as our god. We're focusing on the moon as the perspective of what we're supposed to do. We beam, we radiate the sun's rays, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence, we then do. That's our responsibility. Am Yisrael, who might diminish, Malchut Bet David, which might go down. That's why we talk about David Melech, because we're thinking about restoring our greatness in Berkat Levana, because that's how we envision, we see as a basic Jewish concept in taking nature and making it relevant. Look at the moon and derive lessons to your own life. Look at the moon not just as, ah, it is. Don't look at the moon as a god. Look at the moon as something that describes who you can be. You can go down, you can be distant, you can still be present. You can beam that light even though you're not the source of the light. Because they, meaning Am Yisrael, those babies of the womb, will in the future rise up. We'll get our second awakening. We'll have Malchut Bet David restored. What are we going to do when we do when when that happens to us? 
We're going to be mefa'er. We're going to bring forth glory to the Yosef. On the name of uh, of God's glorified and, and honored Malchut, his, his kingship. And then we, of course, conclude Baruch Hashem Mehadesh Hodashim. That, in a nutshell, is almost identical to what we have as the Berachav Berkata Levana. Interestingly, and of course to be noted, we have Mizmore Tehilim we say beforehand, we have specific Pesukim that we say afterwards, all important customs, but not from the Gemara, David Melech Yisrael Kayam and so forth, the Mizmore that we say beforehand and afterwards, the Halukah, all important, all part of the, the tradition, but in terms of the Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is recorded in Shohan Aruch and Siman Tafgafav, the Mitzvah as the Gemara describes it, of this Beracha, this beautiful Beracha, this Kabbalat Penea Shechina, this Bekata Shevach, this Bekata Nehenim, what we're really dealing with with those words as the primary. So in other words, if you cut on time, you shouldn't be. It's Saturday night. Just take an extra minute. But let's say you don't have that extra minute. Let's say you only have a minute, you make this beracha. This is the key line of Birkat HaLevana. Why do we do it with a minyan today? It's always appropriate to do mitzvot, make berachot, or move with a gathering. Could you do it individually? Of course. There's no reference of it being together with others. It's not a devashi biktusha which necessitates others. To very briefly summarize the halachot that we derived and understood from our and outside today, number one, this Berkata Levana, moving backwards, Berkata Levana, this beautiful Beracha of praise and glorifying HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of finding ourselves within it, realizing that we're blessing Him and not the moon, and He as the creator of it, Beruach Piv, with his speech, the heavens and everything therein, that's Berkata Levana. Uh, you're supposed to do it standing up, says the Gemara. Why so? You're as we explained. Furthermore, when do you do it? The Gemara says you do it until the 7th or the 16th. We say until the 16th, that's your cutoff date. When do you begin it? So the Gemara didn't tell us. is from day 7. Quite clear, says Shohanaruch. Shohanaruch doesn't mention any dissenting opinion. Shohanaruch does suggest, does make clear, ideally, it says, you do it on Mosei Shabbat. That's not to say that you only do it on Mosei Shabbat. The words could be misleading. We do it at any time. We ideally do it on a Mosei Shabbat. A last, uh, two last points. Num- um, firstly, first of the last points is Friday nights, holidays, the custom, the tradition is not to do so, but if necessary, we do so. And lastly, with regards to women, although the Gemara says, even the women could say, that's not per se that the women are going to. It's an expression. I hate to say it like this, but this is what it means. That's my get up. Even an idiot could do that. In other words, they were seen as, in terms of literacy, simple people. They didn't know. Not to say that they're obligated. It's just an expression. It's just a way of saying that uh, and getting it across. Shalaha Kadosh, therefore, or not therefore, suggests that women should not al Kabbalah. The custom, generally speaking, is that women do not. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Behind